0: Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our current series, Kingdom Culture. We are living in the midst of cultural changes that most of us have never experienced. As a result, we see an ensuing chaos that some have dubbed the culture of outrage. However, as followers of Jesus, we are called to build a kingdom culture. This 12-part message series, Kingdom Culture, is focused on doing God's will to see the culture of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. To watch any of our previous messages or find all listening platforms, we encourage you to visit www.valleybrook.cc forward slash on demand. Well, good morning, everybody. We wanna welcome you here today at Valley Brook on our uh, campus and on our online campus. We're glad you're here. Today, we're talking about the truth that the kingdom culture serves. Now, uh, the topic of service may make some of you nervous, Um, But uh, we're going to talk about that and what it means today. And uh, uh, I'm going to start off by recognizing some people that serve, and we are very grateful for them. So if you are a veteran, uh, active duty, or retired, I want to invite you to stand up because we want to show you our appreciation to those here in the building and those online. And... uh, to their family members, too, because they serve right alongside you. So thank you very much for your service. I'm going to invite Dale Elder to come up. He is one of our servicemen, and we're grateful that uh, he uh, serves our country, but we're also grateful that you serve here at Valley Brook. So uh, as I said, we're going to be talking about service today. So um, Dale and I have talked a little bit about this, so I'm just going to start off with some questions. Dale, what motivates you to serve? Yeah, good question, Pastor Clark. Um, so what motivates me uh,
1: to serve is just being able to kind of give back to what uh, what God has given me. You know, um, I just look back at my testimony and just the different ways that God has kind of woven servitude kind of through uh, my time at different churches, being in the military, move, you know, quite often, every about three years or less. And so um, I've been blessed to be a part of different churches and, you um, what just really motivates me is being able to give back to the body. You know, God gave each and every one of us, you know, different skills and yeah. talents and and uh, spiritual gifts, you know, and to be able to give that back uh, to a ministry or to the body or to the community, you know, uh, is really what kind of motivates me. And then also being able to uh, just come alongside of others, you know, in ministry and, and uh, in the church and, and uh, also, you know, what motivates me is when others come around, you know, me, yeah. you know, in, in my, you know, time of uh, sorrow or pain or even joy uh, and being able to experience life, you know, with other believers. Yeah, that's
0: so cool. So uh, where did you learn to serve others?
1: Um, so, I mean, being in the military, you, you eventually learn how to be kind of a servant leader yeah. uh, you, when you're young you know, a service member, it's really, you kind of get, it's a selfish mindset. But when you, you know, kind of mature in your profession, so to speak, uh, you learn to really kind of dedicate yourself to others. Yeah. Uh, because if it's not for the people that you you build uh, your team, yeah. you know, you're really not going to succeed. Um, but as, as a uh, church member, um, it really, I think, like started about eight years ago uh, when I was in California. And I was really kind of really getting mature in my walk with Christ. And I started thinking, like, how can I gain community with my church? And and I'm a hands-on kinetic person, so I really wanted to be able to um, do something with others. And it started, you know, about 8, 10 years ago doing a military outreach ministry in California. Uh, We lived in San Diego, and there's a whole bunch of military bases there. And the church we were attending had a military outreach ministry. And uh, I was like, hey, I'm in the military. It's something common, right? Yeah. And then through that and through just kind of dedicating myself to that ministry, you know, God started taking my passions that I had in music and technology and and just being a nerd and really kind of showing me that he gave me those passions. You know, and and just unknowingly, he just started opening doors and areas uh, that I just really enjoyed. And it was kind of very subtle, you know, um, and I never kind of expected to kind of be... You know, serving in some of the ministries that I I am in now, but um, yeah, it really kind of just started by just taking taking a leap of faith, yeah. you know, and and finding something that I have a commonality with, you know,
0: yeah. and and trying to just be genuine in that. Yeah, I know that the purpose for serving is not to receive, but but when you serve God and when you serve others, what do you receive?
1: Um. Yeah, I receive a lot of joy. Yeah. You know, I I love. Uh, It's weird because I'm not a very outgoing person when it comes to making new friends or whatever, but when it comes to ministry, I just, I really love to connect with others. Uh, I get a lot of joy out of it um, because, you know, I just, it's something I like to do. You know, it's a hobby, you know, so to speak of mine to, you know, be in in something that has to do with technology or or music or, you know, any, anything really it's, you know, serving is just really a a passion Uh, and the joy I get out of being with others, um, teaching others, um, and then just, you know, seeing what God has, is able to do. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how when you look back at your life, you see God and, and you're like, man, I never would have thought God would have done that. Or taken something that I had a passion for as a kid and, and you know, now he's like, that's mine, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and kind of just taking it for his and just kind of the joy of being able to serve the Lord uh,
0: and just having fun, yeah. you know, in doing it. Yeah. You know, I remember when you, when you first moved to Connecticut, you showed up at church and you said, "How can i serve and and just what a way to uh, initiate your relationship with the body of Christ that was really cool so what's your goal when you serve
1: um, well most of you know i'm I'm back there in the booth you know with the the tech team back there, and kind of my goal back there and and, and uh, you know I think this connects to any ministry really is to be invisible. Yeah. Uh, and what I mean by that is like, you know, we need to give the glory to God in what we do. God gave us the gifts to give back to him. Yeah. Right. And we're all like last week, we talked about being the body and being the, you know, the eye and the finger and the foot. We all have a gift and, you know, it's not a gift to compete against one another. It's a gift to invest with yeah. each other. Uh, and so my goal really is to kind of be invisible. You know, as a sound guy, you know, if everything works right, you know, that's a good service. If nobody says anything or look, turns around and looks it, like, why is the pastor's mic not on, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a good service, right? Yeah. And, and it, at first, being a musician as a kid, you know, and being on, on, a, on a platform or a stage, so to speak, is really weird because you're used to people looking at you and being like, oh, cool. They, they're like, oh, it's so great. You know, but then when you're in the back and you're, you're working kind of in the shadows, yeah. you know, and you're helping the service really kind of move along. Uh, it's really awesome to kind of just know that, you know, what we are contributing uh, in all the ministries here really contributes to the whole success of, of spreading the gospel. Yeah. You know, and so uh, what? just my goal is, is just to kind of uh, be invisible and then also come along others, you know, in that ministry and try to multiply the gifts God has given me and, yeah. and encourage others, you know, to try to seek you know, you know, new talents and, and new areas and challenge themselves, you know, and technology can be very intimidating at times. There's a lot of colorful buttons back there. Uh, and when you first get back there, it's like the NASA space station sometimes, especially with the new live stream stuff. So it can be very intimidating. So f- trying to find a way to encourage others to, you know, take it one step at a time and then, you know, show them, you know, through, through patience uh, that it's really not that crazy back there. It's, it's actually a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh and I would just really encourage those in the church, you know, if God's given you uh, a gift, you know, whether it's hospitality, whether it's generosity, whether it's, you know, being a nerd like myself or, or a musician or, you know, you have a way with kids or anything like that, you know, just really, you know, pray about where is it that God can can intertwine you yeah. uh, into the body of Christ because, you know, the church is not strong without each other. Yeah. Uh, the church is not a building. Yeah. And uh, as we all come along together and invest and serve with one another, you know, we really grow as Christians. You know, we really grow as a church. And, in, and also, we can also spread the gospel and push it further into the community uh, and not so, and, you know, and help each other out in some of those
0: times. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, I was just thinking about uh, reflecting. Uh, You know, we've been in this pandemic since March, and when we heard that the governor was going to ask everything to close, we had three days to plan to take church online. And uh, if you hadn't have been here, uh, and I mean, this is legit. If you hadn't have been here, we wouldn't have been able to do that in three days. So, you know, we're grateful to you and to everybody who serves. Now, I I know you run the tech team in the back, and that's uh, the— The presentation on the screen, that's the lights, that's the sound, that's the camera for the online campus. I mean, anything you want to say if anybody's interested? Yeah,
1: so um, I'll just talk a little bit about the the live stream aspect of it, right? When COVID hit, um, I've never done anything with camera you know, and it was a very scary time when uh, we had to make that choice, right, to say, you know, it was something we were planning, it was something like, oh, you know, it'd be cool if we, like, started to live stream, and then COVID hit, and God was like, oh, you that's on your heart? Go, yeah. you know, and it's like one of those, like, uh, at a moment there, I was kind of like, I don't want to go, because I don't know what to do, yeah. you know, and so, you know, being a nerd, I, and of myself, I was just, you know, I started to research some of it, but it was very scary, yeah. you know, to be honest, and. I don't think if I would have just trusted in God and taken that first step, yeah. you know, that, you know, it wasn't me that figured all this out. It was a team of, of volunteers and it was really God that equipped us, you yeah. know, um, everything from where to place cameras to how to calibrate them. And it was trial and error. I mean, the first week we put some of the cameras and stuff up, it was like, uh, this guy's purple and this guy's orange it just doesn't look <laughs> right, you know? And so trying to figure all that out, you know, it really was just, Hey God, how can I do this for you? Yeah. You know, and there is a lot that goes into the tech team, right? There's like the presentation, the lights, the sound, you know, now the cameras and how does this get on the internet and how does all that look on the internet? But it doesn't, none of that matters because... One person is kind of intricately woven into that team, you know, so what I'd say is if you're interested, you know, in helping with the tech team, you don't have to be a nerd. God will equip you. Um, And if you just want to help, you know, we need the help back there. Uh, We need all that we can get. Um, you know, to just help out those that are serving and also just to encourage them, you know, and God may give you a gift or you may have an experience in your past, you know, that we could, we definitely need, you know, that experience. And, you know, even just a different mindset of like, okay, how does these lights do this? And how does this color work here? Or, you know, even someone to help click through, you know, some of the slides, there's very basic to very, you know, complex and advanced, so to speak, uh, positions back there. But, you know, for the live stream, we just had to take a leap of faith. Yeah. You know, we had to say, okay, God, you're calling us to this. Give us the tools. Give us the experience and give us the resources. You know, we, were, we reached out to a few uh, companies and a few other churches and even then it allowed God uh, God brought other churches in here, yeah. you know, to capitalize and, and to just really benefit and, and flourish through the technology that God has blessed Brook, yeah. And so it's nice because you get to see that kind of full circle and repay back to other churches during yeah. this COVID environment that, yeah. you know, lost their their high school or lost their conference center, yeah. you know? So you never know what God's gonna do until you take that step, yeah. you know, until you say, hey, God, send me, you know, yeah. right? And so if God is kind of stirring in your heart and saying, you know, hey, it's time, yeah. you know, just just ask, you know, get connected with the, uh, the church office or, or uh, you know, just ask, you know, I'm yeah. always in the back, uh, and you can always just come ask me, hey, I don't know what I'm doing, but I want to help, yeah. uh, or any other ministry. I'm, a, I'm the tech guy, so yeah. uh, for me, I'm, I'm selfish as in, like, come yeah. help us, but, <laughs> you know, if, the, if tech's not your thing or, or
0: any of that kind of stuff, then, you know, get plugged in anywhere God wants you. Yeah i'm grateful thank you for serving and i thank you honestly there's so many volunteers who made this possible from those who built the new sound uh, the video booth and and painted it and the people who cleaned so i just want to pray for all those who serve and pray for you so if let's bow our heads father i thank you for everyone who recognizes that we're better together and they'll do whatever they can whatever you've gifted them to or put a passion on their heart to do to build your kingdom Lord, I'm thankful for Dale and his team, and I just ask for blessings on them, and that you will continue to help us build your kingdom through this ministry. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. Please give him a warm Valley Brook. Thanks. <clears throat> so, if you're friends with me online and you are on Facebook, you might have participated in a little survey I did this week, and so I asked people on Facebook this simple question. What makes it hard for you to serve other people? And I really appreciate the transparency and and honesty. Uh, Here's what people said. Uh, I struggle with wanting recognition. I appreciate that candidness. Somebody said, I I fear rejection. Uh, Somebody else said, I I don't feel like I have enough time. Uh, Somebody else said, you know what? I don't feel good enough to serve others. Uh, others said, you know, I, uh, people don't appreciate it when I serve them. Um, somebody else said, not knowing what to do, what kind of service to give. Somebody else said, being too busy. Um, another person said, feeling taken advantage of, honest, open opinions. And then one person said, you know, past hurt even past hurt from fellow Christians. So I appreciate that honesty and that transparency, but but here's what I believe, that any of those roadblocks to serving God and to serving others are not insurmountable. Why? Because the Spirit of God dwells within every single one of us who believe in Jesus Christ, and He can help us, overcome those roadblocks and he can heal those hurts and give us confidence and help us trust him so today we're going to look at not what I think you should do as serving uh, not even what the world says not even what the church needs but we're going to look at what God says in his word about the serving culture of the kingdom of God so here's the first thing that I, I want you to see Serving God is the natural response to believing in God. That's right. Serving God is our natural response to believing in God. James, the brother of Jesus, made it quite clear when he said this, faith without deeds is dead. In his preceding argument... He uses two people, two people from the Old Testament as examples of people who believed in and trusted in God, so much so that they took action because of their faith. Now, the deeds that they did were because of their faith in God. The first person uh, that I want to talk about is Rahab. Uh, Rahab believed in God, and she was in Jericho, and and she was a woman who uh, people might not want to hold up as an example, but she believed in God. And she trusted him. And when the opportunity came to take action, she did. And she saved those people in Israel who had gone into Jericho to help God take the land for Israel. The second person is Abraham. Abraham believed in God. And then, and when God said, go, and this is what I want you to do, even when Abraham heard what it was that he was supposed to do, He was supposed to go and sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Abraham trusted God. He believed in God, and he believed that God would provide, and so he went. And once he got to the top of the mountain where he was supposed to sacrifice his son, an angel of the Lord appeared and provided a ram to be sacrificed. James says this about Abraham. You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. Have you ever considered that your faith in God makes complete, is made complete by your service to God? That your faith in God is made complete by your service to God? James is saying that though though Abraham believed in God, it wasn't until he acted on his faith that there was clear evidence of his faith. Now think about this. Have you ever met someone who says they're a Christian, but then you seem to notice that their words and their actions don't reflect the evidence of following Jesus? They say they believe in the one who inaugurated the the culture of the kingdom of God on earth, But their lives reflect that they've fully embraced a completely different culture. They've fully embraced the culture of the world rather than the culture of the kingdom. Now, you could say that serving God is the natural fruit of faith. Because we believe in Jesus, we live for Him, and we live for His kingdom. Faith that is fruitful, is in the good deeds of serving God and others in His name, was what Jesus was talking about when He said this to His disciples. He said, when you produce fruit, you are my disciples. This brings great glory to God. When you produce fruit, you are truly my disciples. So what's this fruit that Jesus is talking about well, it's the natural response of faith in Jesus that leads us to serve God and leads us to serve others. That service can look like expressing the attitudes that we call the fruit of the Spirit, those, uh, those attitudes of uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But the service can also manifest itself in obeying God's Word. And putting our faith into practice and in using the, the gifts, the talents, the abilities, the passions, even specifically the spiritual gifts that God has given us to build the kingdom of God and to encourage the church and the brothers and sisters who are followers of Jesus, doing whatever we can for the kingdom of God. Now, you may never heard of Emma Daniel Gray, but she had a very unique opportunity to serve God and his kingdom before she passed away in June of 2009. For 24 years, she cleaned the Oval Office every night for Presidents Eisenhower, Kennedy, Johnson, Nixon, Ford, and Carter. That's right, six presidents. Her cleaning, though, is not the service that I'm talking about. It's not what I want to highlight. You see, Mrs. Gray was a devout follower of Jesus, and every time she went into the Oval Office and she stood over the president's chair, with her cleaning supplies in one hand, she would put her hand on her chair, on the chair of the president, and she would pray. She would pray for blessings and for wisdom and for safety. You know, what's so impactful is that while she knew her occupation was to serve the president by cleaning the Oval Office, as a follower of Jesus, she knew that she was supposed to serve the leader of her country by praying for the president, and she had this amazing opportunity, unlike anybody else, to pause at the president's desk, and to pray over it, and pray over the chair where the president sat while the president would make life and death decisions for the nation and for the world. And she did that faithfully every night that she was in that office. How did she know to do that? Well, first, she was serving by bearing the fruit of the Spirit as a follower of Jesus Christ, So she knew the Spirit lived within her, and she was following the leading of the Spirit. Second, she knew that the Spirit was leading her to do it, and so she obeyed. And third, she knew God's Word, and God's Word tells us that we are supposed to pray for the leaders and all of those who have authority over us. So we need to remember that serving God is a natural response to believing in God. It's what we do as followers of Jesus. We serve God. It's how we bear the fruit of faith in our lives. So, but what about serving others? Serving others is serving God. That's right. Serving others is serving God. Now, it's my hope that we all know this, but let me remind you of what Jesus said about the final judgment. This comes from Matthew 25. You may be familiar with this passage, but let's dig into it, okay? Jesus, when he's talking about the final judgment, he says this, Come, you who are blessed by my Father. He says this to a group of people. Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And those to whom Jesus is speaking reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty, or give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you our hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick and in prison and visit you? This is what Jesus responds. I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Jesus tells us that when we serve others, when we serve even the least person, we're serving him. When we serve others, we are serving God. We're serving the Son of God. Now again, going back to this passage about the final judgment, he says this about those who didn't serve the least of these. He says, I tell you the truth, when you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to to help me. When we serve others, we're serving Jesus, and the converse is true. When we choose not to serve others, we're choosing not to serve Jesus. Now, as I said, many of you have probably read these verses before, but here's something you may not have considered. In this scenario, Jesus is the kingly judge at the final judgment of the world that every believer in Jesus, every person will face someday. And the image that we get there is a graphic image because Jesus says this, to those who serve the least of these, Jesus says, you are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom, heaven prepared for you from the creation of the world. That's the blessing for those whose faith comes full circle in their serving. He's welcoming them into heaven. But to the ones who do not serve the least of these, who, who don't believe and don't have the fruit of faith. He says this, away from, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demon, demons. He's sending them to hell. Now, I know that's a graphic picture. A simplistic reading of this passage would lead some of us to think that people are getting to go to heaven based on doing good deeds and others are going to hell based on doing no good deeds or bad deeds. But that's a simplistic reading of this passage because we need to put this in context of, of God's Word in its entirety. And God's Word in its entirety tells us that we are saved by our faith, by the evidence of our faith in Jesus, and that evidence comes full circle when we live out serving others. Even doing, as James says, doing good deeds. We're not saved by the actions, we're not saved by the good deeds, we're saved by our faith, but our faith comes full circle when it bears the fruit of serving God by serving others and serving Him. So those who served Jesus by serving the least of these were serving, not to get to heaven, but because they had entered into a relationship with Jesus through faith. And they understood that that they were supposed to serve. They received the promise of eternal life based on their faith, not on their service. Their service is just the evidence that they believe. Those who didn't serve the least of these had not come to faith, so they didn't see a connection between serving humanity and faith in God, and thus, without faith in Jesus, they didn't get to go to heaven. You know, the Apostle Paul tells us about being saved by faith. In the book of Ephesians, we read these words, "'For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. So we're saved by faith, but but Paul goes on, and he says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We're saved by faith. It's a gift from God. God gives it to us because He sent his son and said, if you believe in me, you will be saved. But then we learn this, that God created us for a purpose, that we were created to do God's work. He says we're his handiwork, and we're his handiwork when we do what he's called us to do, when we serve his kingdom. So when we serve others, we serve God. But here's what you need to know about serving. Serving God is fulfilling our divine purpose. That's right. We were all made with a divine purpose, and when we serve God, we are fulfilling that divine purpose. When the Apostle Peter wrote to the Christians in Asia Minor around 62 AD, this was during the reign of the Roman Emperor Nero. Nero was known for his persecutions of the Christians, and Peter is writing in the midst of, Of what's going on in the world. And he's writing to encourage his readers to endure suffering and persecution by giving themselves entirely to God. So, in the face of violent persecutions, he's saying, listen, keep serving God, give yourself entirely to God. In the face of those challenging times, this is what he writes. So what do these verses tell us? Well, the first thing they tell us is this, is that we've all been given a gift by God, a spiritual gift. The Bible is very clear that God gives us spiritual gifts to build up other followers of Jesus and to grow the kingdom of God. I encourage you to spend time studying and investigating your your gifts. We actually offer a class through our growth track. It's uh, step two, and in step two, we actually take time to help you explore and discover your spiritual gifts. If you'd like to find out more about that, you can go to our website and check out what we do at growth track, and look for the next time we offer step two. The second thing that we learn is that the reason that we've received this gift is to serve others, and we already know this as therefore to serve God. The purpose of our spiritual gifts is to serve God, to build His kingdom, to build up fellow followers of Jesus Christ, and to grow the kingdom of God. But there's a third thing that that we read here from Peter. Peter emphasizes the two main ways that we use our gifts, speaking and serving. But notice the importance he gives to each. He says, if you speak, you should take it so seriously to understand that it should be done as if God himself were speaking through you. Take it seriously. And he's not just talking about preaching, he's talking about speaking words to build up because our words can build up or tear down. So we need to take it seriously. Then he says, if you serve... You need to serve in such a way that God is praised and glorified. In other words, are you giving your best to God when you serve? Are you just doing it halfway? Are you winging it? No, you need to do it the best possible way that you can. You need to lean into it. Don't get overwhelmed. Don't get stuck in that paralysis of analysis that comes with trying to seek perfection. But give God your best. We're supposed to use our gifts to honor Him. We shouldn't take that lightly. God entrusts us with these gifts. These gifts are to be used by us, and that's our divine calling. You could even say it's our destiny. Remember what we read in Ephesians 2. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has called us. He's prepared us. He's destined us to do this. So we need to recognize that that serving isn't something that needs to be done. Serving isn't something that you have to do. It's something that God has created you to do. And I promise you that when you serve God, you will experience the pleasure of knowing you've served God. When you serve God, it's the full circle of your faith coming around and saying, I believe, and because I believe in Jesus, I want to do this to the best of my ability, or I want to say this in a way that glorifies God. The kingdom culture is a culture that serves, not because The kingdom needs it, not because the church needs it, but because it's what we do out of our faith relationship with God, and we're called, and appointed, and gifted to do it. So let me just remind you, serving God is the natural response of believing in God. Serving others is serving God, and serving God is fulfilling our divine purpose. Now look, if you're feeling motivated to serve, if you're looking for an opportunity, we're going to have some fall cleanup days, but this is what I would encourage you to do. You can, you can learn more about them on our website, or they'll be on the screen behind me. If you feel called to serve, or if you want to investigate and explore this, send us an email at connectvalleybrook.cc. We want to help you step into the fullness of your faith as a follower of Jesus. I want to close in, in prayer for you and for your service to God. But as I do that, I recognize that that passage in Scripture from Matthew 25 that talks about the final judgment could have rattled some of you to say, wow, you know, I, I really haven't come full circle in my faith. I haven't served the least of these. In fact, I, I've ignored that. I've not embraced the culture of the kingdom. I've, I've embraced the culture of the world. Well, if that's so for you, then then maybe you've really never committed your life to Jesus Christ. And so I want to start this prayer time off with an opportunity for anyone to pray a prayer. You can put it in your own words to follow Jesus. And then I'm going to close for a prayer for all of us to step into our divine calling as followers of Jesus. So wherever you are, if you bow your heads... Father, as we come into this place today and we learn about the fact that you have called us and that part of our faith, the natural fruit of it is to serve, we recognize that some of us may say, well, wow, I I really haven't put my full trust in you. So if that refers to you, I'm going to give you the opportunity to pray a prayer to God I'll suggest the phrases that you should pray, and you can put them in your own words and pray them silently wherever you are. Here's the first phrase Dear God, I do believe in you. I believe that you sent Jesus to pay for my sins. I accept his forgiveness for my sins. And I believe that he rose from the dead. And now I want to lean into my faith and follow you and serve you in your name, I pray. We'll continue in an attitude of prayer. Father, we praise you and thank you that you have called every single one of us to you. And we realize that we serve not because there's a burden to serve, but because It's part of what it means to be your follower. It's the fullness of our faith-bearing fruit. Lord, remind us that we serve not for our glory, but for your glory. And just encourage us and fill us with your Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to close with a special benediction. Uh, Pastor Richard Halverson was a former chaplain of the United States Senate, and he used this following benediction at the end of every service that he presided over in the Senate or in the church that he pastored also. So here it goes. Wherever you go, God is sending you. Wherever you are, God has put you there. God has a purpose in you being right where you are. Christ, who indwells you by the power of His Spirit, wants to do something in and through you. Believe this and go in His grace and in His love and in His power. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. If you're here on campus, please stop by the cafe. We'd love to connect with you. If you're online, if you have any questions, please let us know, and we invite you to come back next week. Have a great day.
1: Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere
0: hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.